0: I am beautiful, I am loved, I am safe, I am free. I don't need to be like them, I just need to be like me. Uh, A great thing I think that everyone should hear, except the idiot last night who made the incredibly poor decision to try to attack Dave Chappelle at the Hollywood Bowl. And, And try is the key word. Ladies and gentlemen, make some noise for hip hop history. So Chappelle kind of absorbs a blow, sheds the tackle a little bit. He still goes down, but uh, right at this moment, I think the narrator hit this asshole with It was at this moment that he knew he fucked up. Because I don't know if Chappelle travels like this all the time, but when he goes to the Hollywood Bowl, he's running like 30 plus people deep, minimum. A video taken from multiple angles appears to show some of that 30 plus just taking turns stomping this guy down backstage. And I just wonder, like, what did this guy think was gonna happen? Like, was he gonna be able to somehow fight off the group, like that self defense guy on TikTok? Because I don't imagine that he thought his night was gonna end with Jamie Foxx Buster Rhymes and Dave Chappelle treating him like Rick James treats a couch. Now, for legal reasons, I'll say we don't know exactly who stomped him, but we do know what Chappelle said to the audience during and after. I've been doing this 35 years. I just stopped the backstage. Always wanted to do that. Also in attendance, you had Chris Rock there hopping on stage for a second to ask a very important question. Was that Will Smith? And as far as the guy that attacked Chappelle, the picture of him after the beatdown is rough. That is not the right clip, but close. Here we go. Pretty good looks like an action figure that a dad put back together backwards. But y'all joking aside and before you're like, oh, I feel bad for this guy. Reports say that the man was actually carrying a replica handgun with a knife. And so the man who has since been identified as Isaiah Lee was booked on suspicion of assault with a deadly weapon and held on $30,000 bail. An officer also confirming that he was injured but declining to provide details though. We can see some of it, but ultimately that's really all we know right now. We don't know the motive of Isaiah. We don't know how this person slipped weapons past security at the Hollywood Bowl. The main thing, whether you like or dislike Dave, this is not okay. You know, it's kind of concerning that this seems like the beginning of a trend that Will Smith helped open the door on. If you don't like a comedian, you don't support them or you say like, fuck you, you don't just attack them. Because if it already wasn't a bad idea because it was just wrong and it's illegal, it's now a bad idea because sometimes these comedians have entourages that will rearrange your body parts. Yeah, whether you like or you dislike Dave Chappelle, I'd love to know your thoughts on what happened last night and maybe while you let me know, I'll say, sup you beautiful bastards, welcome back to the Philip DeFranco show, hit that like button Button, if you want me to punch you in the throat and let's just jump into it. And then I want you to buckle up and get ready for this bamf of the day story. Right, so if you don't know, this is Becca Moore. She's a pretty big on TikTok, has around 800,000 followers. She's known for her deadpan storytelling videos about dating and other experiences. And she recently went viral because she was sharing this story that began at Coachella where she meets this hot guy who seems to be hitting on her. Then, as she explains, So yeah, this guy was talking to me and I turned my back to him and my friend heard him say, I'm gonna make this girl talk to me tomorrow. (laughs) I'm gonna steal her stuff. And he did, he did. He took my phone, my credit card, and the keys to my rental car (laughs) out of my purse. Which leaves her totally stranded in California, away from home, unable to contact friends and family. So she seems fucked, but luckily the hotel gets her an Uber to the Sprint store so she can get a new phone, and that's where she meets Raul. But one of the heroes of our story is not just an Uber driver, he's the savior of the day, because as Becca explains. And when the Uber driver picked me up, he was like, Ew, what happened to you? And I was like, nah, I just got robbed. And he was like, not on my watch. So now Becca and Raul, they're in this together. They become friends. This is a buddy cop movie. They're gonna solve this crime together, but first caffeine. So they go to Starbucks, they're working on this together. They actually figure out the name of the guy who robbed her as well as his Airbnb. With the police then escorting them there so they could search the whole place, but her stuff was nowhere to be found. And then the police were like, We're done, sorry. Good luck on leaving the city. And Rebecca's words are always like, no, they're idiots. Don't worry, we are figuring this out. But first, margaritas. Lots of liquids seemingly involved with solving crimes. So Raúl takes her to get drinks, he pays for them, and then, ding, realizes there's one more trick left to try. They drive back to the Airbnb as she describes it. They basically break in. They use a tracker to locate her phone, which turns out the guy abandoned outside, probably realizing that it was gonna get him arrested. So yeah, that man stole my phone, my keys, my credit cards. You know what he gave me? friendship with Raul. This whole ordeal starting at 10 a.m. ending at six, Raul there all the way. But the story doesn't end there because Becca learns more about Raul. She discovers that he drove to Indio all the way from Fresno that day just to earn some extra money for his 18 year old daughter, who as it turns out has cancer. She was diagnosed back in June. With Becca recalling him saying, yeah, she's going through chemo right now. She's having a hard time. She can't really stay awake and is losing a lot of weight. And it's not just the daughter, Raul's father is also battling cancer as well. So if you're going through this and posting the TikTok Becca sets a GoFund. Me up for Raul and his family, which has now raised over $150,000. Though sadly his father passed away the next day. So some of the funds are gonna be covering his funeral expenses instead. And of course, if you wanna chip in there, we put the GoFundMe in the description down below. But this I think is one of those important stories to see and share because it often feels like there's no reason to believe in other people and humanity and society and strangers. And every now and then you just get this fresh breath of air. And that is why Becca and Raúl are our bamfs of the day. But from that, I want to take a second to thank the fantastic sponsor of today's show, Raycon. Raycon's wireless earbuds give you amazing audio quality wherever you go for half the price without compromise. I use mine when listening to podcasts, Zoom calls, riding my bike, and just when I want to wind down. They're really comfortable with optimized gel tips for the perfect noise, isolating in-ear fit, so they won't budge, and trust me, they won't. And with Mother's Day approaching, Raycon wireless earbuds make a great gift for any mom. Easy to set up and user-friendly for those moms who are just switching over to wireless earbuds Earbuds. and essential for super moms to help with multitasking, listening to their favorite podcasts or music, plus taking phone calls with vivid voice technology, all hands-free. Raycons come in fun color options, so you can find your mom a color that suits her style with a 32 hour battery life, eight hours of playtime, and a compact portable charging case. And with all of this, it's no wonder that Raycons everyday earbuds have over 49,000 five-star reviews. What are you waiting for? Click that link in the description or go to buyraycon.com slash DeFranco and get 15% off your Raycon purchases. And then let's talk about news that involves expectation versus versus reality. Sometimes those things line up, often they don't. The most recent example of that is the job market and starting salaries for the class of 2022. Because in general, things look good for these new graduates. With a report from the National Association of Colleges and Employers saying that employers plan to hire about 31% more new degree holders from this year's graduating class than they did for the class of 2021. And the demand for workers has caused the starting salaries to go up. But with recent data saying that the average salary for these graduates is gonna be around $50,000, but reportedly their expectation is they'll make around $103,000. Dollars from their first job. With real estate which finding that undergraduate students on average overestimated their starting salaries by 88%. Also noting that 10 years into their career, students anticipate making more than $200,000, which is well over the average mid-career salary of $132,000. So of course, all jobs and pay are not equal. Computer sciences and engineering, the closest to that $100,000 expectation. Communications and humanities the furthest away, which makes it all the more concerning that reportedly seven in 10 seniors that graduate, graduate with debt, owing around $30,000 per borrower. But also. So hey, some positive news. Reportedly, studies show that college graduates will earn nearly $1 million more over the course of their careers. Though, I do wanna add, while I'm not gonna be like, money doesn't buy happiness, it does buy security and opportunity, which leads to happiness. That said, I will say, none of this takes into account quality of life, so please, don't choose what you're gonna do for the rest of your life just because of dollars. You never know how things are gonna go, but that is a guaranteed way to live a life filled with regret. When your time comes, I hope you're not saying those three words, coulda, woulda, shoulda. Then, in news, it allows me to take a second to say, fuck TurboTax and Intuit. Some good news, if you're one of the people that were tricked by TurboTax into paying to submit what was supposed to be a free tax return between 2016 and 2018, the New York Attorney General just announced that the company has reached a $141 million settlement with all 50 states for essentially false advertising. Right, talked about this in the past, TurboTax has been under investigation by multiple state and federal agencies for promising free tax returns and then charging for them. But the attorney general saying in a statement, Intuit cheated millions of low-income Americans out of free tax filing services they were entitled to. For years, Intuit misled the most vulnerable among us to make a profit. Today, every state in the nation is holding Intuit accountable for scamming millions of taxpayers and we're putting millions of dollars back into the pockets of impacted Americans. And so you may be one of the 4.4 million people expected to now get a $30 check for each year that you were tricked as part of the settlement. And on top of that, TurboTax is going to have to stop its free, free, free ad campaign. Cause you know, it's a fucking, fucking, fucking lie. However, like these assholes always get to do, Intuit TurboTax's parent company doesn't actually have to admit that it was a lie. Part of the settlement is they don't have to admit to any wrongdoing. And it in fact defended itself saying that it's quote, clear and fair with its customers, including the nearly 100 million Americans who filed their taxes free of charge with our products over the last eight years. Bullshit. Oh, with all that said, this isn't the end of the saga for Intuit and TurboTax. Because on top of this massive state-led lawsuit, it's also being sued by the FTC for its deceptive free tax filing ad. Meaning there's a chance that more customers will see some kind of payout. Which I will say, I know it's late for tax season, but for next year, do not forget that the IRS website points to a ton of actually free filing services. Don't get tricked by these scumbags. They're hoping that you wait to the last minute, you're looking around, you accidentally pay them. Be careful out there. I don't want these assholes milking you of money, especially when in three weeks I have a new beautiful bastard drop. You're my cow, don't you ever forget it. That was accidentally way more intense than I expected. I think I may have anger issues, but also check it out. This This is a quick little sneak peek. I'm exhausted, emotionally exhausted. My favorite new line, are you taking care of yourself? Cause y'all. Are you? Embrace change, there's more, I'll, I'll show you soon. And then we need to talk about Russian atrocities in a foreign country, and this time it's not just Ukraine. Right, so this story centers around a network of Russian mercenaries known as the Wagner Group. Although Russian officials have denied links to the group whose true funding and ownership is unclear, experts say that it has deep ties to the Kremlin. With the US claiming that it's financed by a Russian businessman who's been dubbed Putin's chef because of his catering service which has staged elaborate banquets for the president. Basically allowing Putin to downplay official casualty numbers in battlefields and distance himself from any war crimes Wagner commits. As for its origins, Wagner first emerged in 2014, when it helped Russia annex Crimea. Also appearing in Syria, Libya, the Central African Republic, and around 30 other countries, according to the Center for Strategic and International Studies. In fact, right now, there are reportedly at least 1,000 Wagner mercenaries in the Donbass, fighting alongside Russian troops. With UN investigators and rights groups, alleging that they've looted private property, targeted civilians, and conducted mass executions. Which is in no way surprising, given that their leader is believed to be Dmitry Utkin, a retired Russian military officer who's been photographed next to Putin. But more importantly, he appears to be a fucking neo nazi Nazi, right, even his alleged group's name, Wagner, supposedly takes its name from Hitler's favorite composer of the same name. But now, one of the biggest things is that evidence has emerged linking it to massacres killing hundreds of civilians. With this happening in the West African country of Mali, according to internal military documents leaked to the Guardian. Right, specifically, the Wagner group arrived there last year after striking a deal with the government, which experts say hired the mercenaries for an estimated $10 million per month, paid both in cash and through rights to extract minerals. And the documents refer to these guys as Russian instructors who fought alongside Malian troops on what they referred to as mixed missions against Islamist insurgents. With data showing that it participated in at least nine incidents between January and April this year, killing 456 civilians. With the worst by far allegedly taking place at a village called Mora, where 350 to 380 men were just massacred. All this confirming what has been known by local witnesses for a long time now, that the Wagner group is fighting in Mali. Though the country's military, which seized power in a coup in May of last year, has insisted that Russians are only instructors and not deployed in combat roles. Also denying killing any civilians, claiming it neutralized terrorists and sometimes even covering up Russian deaths by counting them as its own soldiers. And notably, all of this comes just a day after Human Rights Watch alleged that forces in the Central African Republic identified as Russian appear to have killed and tortured civilians since 2019. So, you know, Russia not just focusing their horrible in one place, but, but rather spreading it around. But ultimately, that is where that story and today's show ends. As always, thank you for watching, being a part of that conversation down below. My name's Philip DeFranco. You've just been filled in. I love yo faces and I'll see you tomorrow.